Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 10, 11, and 12 of The Dragon Reborn, Secrets, Tarvalin, and the Armland Seat. Enjoy! Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5. Um, moving, Actually, this is Episode 49 since we started, so we're actually... Next next week is Episode 50. So we've, we've done 50 of these, almost. <laughs> so that's good. That's fun. Um, I guess 52 weeks of the year, so we're almost at our anniversary of since we started doing this. Almost been doing it for a whole year, you know, and we're almost, uh, I guess, three three and a half are two and a half books, two two full books and a half, maybe not really a half, but we'll call it a half. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> sure. Administrative question, but once we're over fifty episodes, aren't we automatically authorized to use the Golden Girls intro song for like starting I, our I, podcast? I think so. I think Golden Girls, I think comes after a hundred, but I think you can use the Wonder Years at fifty. Definitely no, the Wonder right. Years. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Yep. So, so we'll have to start using that as our intro. Uh, you know, um, you know, it's actually funny. My my brother and I were talking about this the other day, um, and I'm not sure how true it is, but copyright law. So after a certain amount of time, copyright expires, and you can sell or print anything because you no longer have copyright for it. That's why you can get like free copies of Moby Dick or like uh, Treasure Island or any old books because copyright is expired on it. Um, so anybody can just copy it. Um, however, the copyright law keeps on getting extended out. Basically, whenever Mickey Mouse is coming due for copyright to be expired, Disney lobbies for it to be extended in a longer period of time. So <laughs> copyright is, is as, as old as Disney. Anything older than Disney is copyright. It's newer. I'll tell you what, as long as, as long as I keep putting out quality Mandalorian episodes, I'm not going to fight them on it. The second they screw it up, yeah, I'm going to Congress. I quit my there job. Go. We're going to fix this. So housekeeping. Uh, we have no new patrons. So unfortunately, no one no one decided to pay us more money. Um, I mean, we have our existing patrons that are paying us money. And thank you guys so much. But no one knew this week, which is, which is okay. You know, we're getting close to the Christmas season. So people are probably tightening their budgets a little bit. And maybe after they get their Christmas money, they'll decide to give it to their favorite podcast. Right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Because um, then you get to listen to us live and listen to us mess up all the time. Um, because we edit all the mess ups out, at least some of them. Um, <laughs> we keep we keep some of that in, but um, um, but yeah. So we, we'll be able to uh, you'll be able to listen to us live. Plus, you get other stuff for the other tiers. So think about it. It's a good way to support us. It costs a dollar. That's that's the bottom level. Um, from there on up, uh, you get more benefits. Um. Like I said, last week we hit 1,000 Twitter followers. Um, I think we got another 20 last week or something like that. But I told you we'd do a giveaway. And I did a giveaway on Twitter. So we, uh, we're giving away Frosty Mug. And I'm going to announce the winner of that Frosty Mug is Kyla Johnson. So um, she's nice. not listening live right now because she's not a patron. But uh, you won our, our, our Frosty Mug. So um, – um, I will get in touch with Kyla and get her information and send out a mug, um, as well as Vance from the Gleeman. Uh, we're going to be sending him a mug as well. Um, so those are the only two things we have going out soon. Um, 
And other than that, um, that's about all I got as far as housekeeping. Uh, one you, thing you I mentioned holiday cards to patrons. And- yeah. So we are doing that as well. Um, so uh, for holiday cards, um, we are, yeah, uh, sending out a holiday card. It's pretty cool. We just uh, uh, got the product. I guess it's I guess it's a rough draft or maybe final draft. I don't know, but it's uh, um, but we have a card that we're gonna send pretty out. Awesome. It's pretty cool. It it won't be for Christmas. It's gonna be for New Year's. So it's gonna be kind of like a celeb- like kind of a a mix between a um, New Year's card and oh, anniversary. So. Yeah. So I'll, I'll spoil it. It's a poster board that we wrote 2021, and uh, Alan's peeing on it. I'm shooting at it, and then once I run out of rounds, Chris comes through with like the people's elbow, and he destroys the poster board. <laughs> nice, nice. We, we just destroy 2020. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. Awesome. Cool. And one of the new things I started doing a couple of weeks ago, uh, we did the last two weeks, was pick a country that listens to us and then give a shout out to it because we have listeners there. Um, so the country I'm going to do this week is a country that I've never been to. I don't think Chris has been there, but I know Ian's been to this country. And I'm not sure if they're actually people from this country listening to us or just U.S. soldiers, but um, Iraq. <laughs> hey. um, yeah. We have listeners in Iraq. Um, they might be people just posted or are, uh, are on duty there. Or they might be just Iraqis too. Um, they do have the internet. Um, so Many other countries that are represented in Iraq trying to help with you know, sure. still. So, I mean, it, it could be a slew of bunch of know. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's listeners there. So uh, thank you, Iraq, for uh, – Tuning in, listening to us. And if you're listening from Iraq, go ahead and spread it amongst the people, the whoever you're with. Uh, the, yeah. good, the, good, the good news of the Wheel of Time. It's going to bring peace. Just share it. Share it. Share it. Yeah, and come listen to us talk about stuff. Um, so moving on to personal life, um, I had a fun weekend. Um, I, uh, Ian and I went sailing. Um, so it was the first time sailing in a long time. So I had a good time doing that um as far as how we did uh we didn't win uh, i know that much but we didn't lose either um and, and we still saw we had a solid sale and we had a very very small crew so uh get, given that um we didn't have the full crew on the boat uh, i think we did quite well um so excited think, just to get on the water i think the fact that we didn't care what place we were in by the time we finished like nobody was talking about it we were just having a good time like that's winning it, yeah, I was say, that's it awesome. was fantastic yeah perfect yeah. day the water was flat we had really good wind i actually enjoyed alan i enjoyed watching you at the back of the boat giving direction <laughs> and calling tactics and everything and you don't always get to do that because of other people in the boat sometimes but you had the opportunity this time to really take charge uh yeah. and it's funny you had that little shit-eating grin on your face the whole time. Like you, you could tell you were enjoying it. So uh, <laughs> I, I had fun watching you. So and I had fun sailing. So that was cool. So Ian likes to watch you do it from the back. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yes, uh, but so mm. Alan and I sailing goes way, way back. You know, Alan taught me to sail, and it really—I guess I was going down memory lane with it a little bit. So there was some of that going on, but it was, no, it was that's very pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, we had a relative. So the owner's daughter is now driving the boat and she's a little green at uh, new to driving big boats. So it was fun to just uh, go back to my old coaching role and, and help her uh, learn how to drive a boat. Um, she, she, she raced sailboats when she was in high school and college. So it's not that she doesn't know how to sail. It's just that uh, a big boat's a little different and you have a lot more instruments um, and data coming at you where um, on small boats, you don't have any instruments or data. So um, just teaching you other stuff to look for. Other than that, you know, we're just getting ready for Christmas, um, decorating the house, doing that whole thing. So that's, you know, getting presents together. That's, that's all that's going on in life for me. <laughs> um, but, but I, one thing I do want to plug to before we go too far also this weekend, uh, by the time you listen to this, if you're not a patron, it will be next week and it'll be over. But in case you did it, it'll still be on YouTube. This weekend is the Watt Charity event. There's a 24-hour podcast-a-thon Zoom call that's going to be on YouTube. Uh, we are not we are not participating in it, in it, but um, but yeah, um, still going to support our other content creators. We might Zoom bomb in there. We'll see. Uh, Tree's going to Tree's going to be on there. So one of our favorite patrons is going to be have an hour segment where she's drawing, and it's MK. Um, MK, you're going to be on there too. I didn't even look that lineup. Um, so I'll be honest. So um, I should. There, might, there might be a boot. There might be a boot at some point. Or a might be a boot. Yeah. You someone know. invites us. You never we know. Might, we might. Yeah. There might be some stuff. So I might, I might we'll hack. See. Yeah. I'll do what I did last time and just make a $200 donation so I could just show up. They'll just feel obligated yeah. to be like, oh man, send them a link. <laughs> <laughs> and then the boot will come out. Right. So yeah. So about you guys? Well, you stole half my thunder with the sailing, but it was awesome, so that's fantastic. Um, I've been continuing to do hiking when the weather permits, which it has been lately. Uh, even with it getting a little bit colder, uh, you know, I got the gear for it. Um, actually, uh, someone told me about a stretch of the AT uh, and some of the side trails where in nine miles total, you can hit about 30 different waterfalls. Um, and I am going to scope that out before it gets too cold. And then I'm also going to double back on a weekend where we're below freezing, uh, hopefully in the teens, and do that hike. Because I don't know if y'all check some of these small waterfalls as they start to freeze over, but it is just magical. So I'm kind of planning for that within hopefully the next month we get the right temperatures for that so yeah little hiking little sailing loving life getting ready for christmas with the kiddos cool yeah. all right so uh in regards to life in the last week i am moving into a permanent location or a semi-permanent location which is awesome um just made the adult decision to move in with my grandmother i know <laughs> Like, everywhere I go seems to have an issue, and that's one place I know I won't have to worry about anything. So going to move in there. Um, she's having some issues, so I'm going to help out a little bit there um, until either I move out or she moves out. I say that in the sense that, you know, with a 91-year-old individual and life getting yeah. a little bit tougher, um, it may be time for her to make that decision and if it is, she'll go move with one of the aunts and uncles, and then I'll stay in the house until they decide what they're going to do with it, um, which will be cool. Uh, other than that, you know, planning on making yet another trip to Charlotte next week, which will be awesome. Um, we'll be starting 
Christmas break, so I'm almost done with my um, my teaching for this 2020 school year, or yeah, well, 2020 part of the 2021 school year, which is pretty cool. Uh, my kids are definitely ready for it because half of them have already checked out mentally. Um, I, I feel really horrible. Like they're, you can tell they're drained. Like they're all logging on, which is the first sign of like boredom because they're actually showing up to class. But then they just sit there and you can ask them a million and a half questions and not get a single response. And then you do something stupid and then all of them attack you at one time. So I've been purposely Lovely. screwing up in class just to make sure they're still awake. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Mr. Chris, I thought two plus one is three. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Ha, ha, ha. I'm glad you guys are staying on top of me to make sure that I'm getting my math right. Oh, but yeah, it's been interesting. Oh. Um, <clears throat> life other than that is winding down a little bit. Uh, I have my last paper due in the class that I'm taking for no reason, and I'm not motivated at all to do it, but I know if I do well, I'll get a B in the class, and if I don't, I'll get a C, so there's zero incentive at all. And for the class that I'm taking for a grade, I've got an A in there, so I'm like ready for this Friday so I can no longer be a student and just be a teacher until I find out about that doctoral program, which kind of made the adult decision that I won't start that until next fall if I do get into it. So there's that. Yeah, give yourself a little breather. You have a lot of things moving in your life right now, a lot of moving parts. So a little breather on the education thing is probably not a bad idea. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, before I go into predictions, another thing I want to announce, next week we will have another guest with us. So I'm excited about that one. It's going to be our um, uh, for episode 50. Uh, just talked to him today, and he has confirmed. So Lauren from Unraveling the Pattern YouTube channel, um, he is going to uh, be joining us for our 50th episode. So he's super excited, and um, I'm super excited to have him on just because um, he's an awesome content creator. He puts out super quality stuff. Um, uh, just his 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 ability to to make uh, animations. I guess I guess is it called animations? I don't know. Like his his just ability to put together videos or or it's just like cl- top notch class A videos that he puts out. So um, just excited to have him on. Uh, talk wheel of time. So. He's going to be joining us, helping us through our next episode. So come back, listen to us next week. It's going to be fun. Not that this week's not going to be fun. Just next week's going to be more fun. <laughs> it's, it's going to be more funner, the most funner. Yeah, computer animation. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah every, so, time, every time I release an episode, it's the best episode of my life. What about now? Exactly. What about right now? Is this the best episode of your life? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's <nuts>. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, anyways, so uh, predictions. Let's go right into predictions. Um, so last week, I have done two predictions that kind of stuck out to me. And then I have three other predictions that just uh, are or older ones that just want to apply to this these, these chapters. And, um, and hopefully um, we'll see uh, what you guys' thoughts are on them as we move through these. So the first one from last week is, is that Gnome, our crazy uh, wolf guy, will return later in the books. That was a prediction. You didn't, you didn't put a book to it, but you said he'll be back. Yeah. Um, and the other one was that, that in order to get the sword that cannot be touched, they'll have to go into the dream world and somehow pull it out there. 
Yeah, or some somehow utilize this multiverse thing that's going on. Maybe they grab it from some other layer, but something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. So some other predictions that are these are older predictions. Uh Varen is Black Aja. I think we first met Varen. Whenever you meet a new <laughs> character, these guys always say Black Aja are our dark friends. <laughs> yeah. So um Varen's Black Aja was one. Uh another hey. one is you, you you want to take that one back? <laughs> I mean, nothing's impossible, but especially after this reading, I guess I'm starting to understand her a little bit more. I do like her for now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then Egwene and the girls will not be friends. So Egwene, Elaine, men, um, all of them will not be friends. Um, that was Ia's prediction from, I guess, the last book. Yeah, last book. Um. And, and then uh, the last prediction, this was from when we first got to Tarvalin and we met Sherium, which we had to meet Sherium some more. Um, Chris predicted that Sherium is pretty much just Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. <laughs> Are you, you doubling down on that, Chris? Because I'll back you up. Yes, I'm doubling down on that one. She's Dolores Her Umbridge. role is to just be horribly mean and borderline <laughs> clueless, but focusing on the mean. Mean comes okay. before everything else. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So those are our predictions, and let's go right into chapter ten: secrets, secrets. <laughs> and the icon is a sunburst. So like the the children of the light sunburst that we get as yeah white cloaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, let's let's jump right in. Uh, what's the, I mean? Did you have thoughts about secrets? I know it's kind of a it's this is like a choices type chapter. Yeah, I know. When I read it, I was like, "Oh boy, big surprise! People not talking to each other about shit." Yeah, yeah. Well, I originally right. hoped that maybe there would be some secrets uncovered. There was a little little bit of hope there, mm. you know. Yeah, the naive yeah. hope. Yeah. Well, a young child on Christmas morning. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yep. So we start this chapter, and we're, we're back with the girls. So we've been with Perrin this entire, um, this entire book, um, and um, now we get to a different point of view. So, um, Gwen's it's Gwen's point of view. She's looking for Tarvalin as they're getting closer. I guess um, uh, uh, trying to to see uh you know over the horizon you know she gets standing up in her saddle and they see dragon mount because dragon mounts uh gigantic um that's what she said ah you took it from me (laughs) (laughs) that's also what she said hey (laughs) (laughs) and we get a lot of description here so that's how we start so um did you guys have any thoughts about all the description of of dragon mount and just what they're going through uh, I just want to point out she did not stand up in her saddle. She stood up in her stirrups. Okay. Um, Huge that's just me being there. an asshole. Balance is a thing. I mean, there was a lot of inf- uh, importance on the description in the sense that they said this is where Luz Theron Kinslayer had died and that words had been spoken in the mountain, prophecy and warning. We've heard a number of prophecies and warnings already, but the fact that she's so close to this mountain that is 
enveloped in so much mystery, essentially. It's just really cool. And, you know, it's almost like it's it's pulling them, but pushing them at the same time is what it kind of seemed like, so. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we, ju- we just seem like in a lot of crucial moments or before or after crucial moments, it's like we just keep pivoting around Dragon Mount. Like, the world just keeps spinning around it, right? It keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, so um, that's definitely a good point. Uh, Dragon Mount is a big part of the story, and it wasn't the very beginning of the story. So <laughs> it continues to be a big part. Um, and after this, we get kind of, you know, Egwene, again to Egwene's inner monologue. Uh, she's thinking about, like, the dreams she's been having, and they've been troubling her a lot. Um, just uh, a lot about Rand um, and about other stuff. And um, and she actually starts to try to confide in the horse that she's riding. So we, we get our, our good old horse back. Wait, hmm. is this is this red? Is this what's the name know. of the horse, Chris? Bella, Bella. So I, I think it's really cool. Like she does go in her back and forth about having the dreams and how the dreams could mean absolutely nothing or they could mean everything because she continues to have dreams of Rand running from and towards something. So that um, that in and of itself was pretty interesting to me just because of the simple fact that we know that that is true for Rand. So now we need to figure out exactly what's going on with Egwene. Like, is she really a dreamer? Can she see prophecies? I mean, uh, then again, it's like she's seeing the current. She's not seeing the future. She's not seeing the past. She's happen- She's happening to see what's going on, like, right now. So yeah. what type of extra powers or magic, whatever you want to call it, does she really have? He called well, foresight. Let's not forget about what Moraine was telling Perrin about the whole dreaming and, you know, uh, somebody like Rand who channels and how they can have an effect on people around them. You know, she starts asking everybody else, you know, in the area, hey, find out what they were dreaming about, yada, yada, yada. So it's entirely possible that the Egwene's dreams have nothing to do with her. It could add it could have everything to do with Rand's desperation and him reaching out to her or um, exposing her to this dream sequence. Um, Because remember when we, when we went through the portal stone uh, and Rand went through his bazillion different versions of what his life could have been, uh, Egwene was a part of every single one of them or, or, or pretty much every single one of them. Uh, in different capacities. So she is linked to this dude no matter what happens in what version of any life, right? And during this version, he's at a very desperate moment right now. He decided to tread out on his own. Like, shit's getting real. He doesn't even trust. He's all by himself. Um, so can he project 
this onto her over great distances? I think it's possible. So we got to consider that. Maybe she's not a dreamer. Maybe her powers are that she could sling rocks at people she don't like, and that's it. (laughs) You know? Maybe. Sure. So deep. Ooh, I got a solid sure there, Chris. That sounded like a profound. (laughs) Oh, and a profound? Well, now he's he's messing with me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I also have to to thank uh, the Leaf Brothers. Whenever I use their Bella clip, I have to thank them for uh, the way the Leaf for Lettuce used the Bella clip. So (laughs) that that, that might get spliced in. (laughs) Oh, we know it will be. Say she's a dreamer. I I sang it in my head, so you know, you better put it in there. There you go. So um, so Nadine then comes over um, um, just because she sees I guess like Wayne talking to herself, and yeah, she comes mm-hmm. over. What are you doing? Um, are you talking to yourself? And they start throwing kind of these jabs at each other. You know, she brings up Lan. Um, it's kind of this little interchange where you can definitely tell tempers are a little short um you know they've been traveling for i don't know probably three months at this point four months i don't know probably somewhere around there since they left falma um so yeah tempers are are high and, and if you spend that much time with anybody for that long you know you, you end up just getting each other's nerves yeah yeah nice save there i knew you were going with that but you, you saved yourself real quick mm-hmm. what was like I don't know. I'm not going to go there. So, <laughs> uh, I did think the jazz were pretty funny. It was really a low blow when she's like, do you wonder how Moraine is treating Lan? Like, that was so messed up. I never thought that she would get that low in her retorts. Mm-hmm. And she really dig in like that. And that Nynaeve would kind of be like shut down a little bit so now Egwene immediately going. regretted it though she, she did but she still like, did it she, yeah she, so is this so we've seen transition in all of our characters is this the beginning of a transition for Egwene where she becomes a little a little bit more shitty of a person or is this one of those moments where you know she recognizes well oh, I don't want to go down that path that's not me I don't know. Hope, hopefully she stays a little bit more innocent and nice and kind because that's the Egwene we know so far. How crazy it would be if in like three books, Egwene is like the meanest SOB in all the books we're reading. <laughs> I mean, she may become the new Emerlin seat and take over and then she'll have to be that way. Stone cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you guys did predict that at some point that Egwene's yeah, going to Way back in be. book one, I think we predicted that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, that, if that's the case, one way or another, that little that little jab right there, whether it's her sticking up for herself or her just trying to show she has some sort of authority, power, dominance, whatever, that this is definitely new for Egwene, and either she learns from it or and and changes course, or maybe she keeps going in that direction and. Right. We're gonna get, we're gonna get a new Egwene. Well, yeah, I mean the whole idea that um, the realization needs to set in for Nynaeve that she's no longer the wisdom and she's no longer in charge and she's you know not much older than Egwene and though she wears the ring, she's only a little bit ahead of her 
like all of these things are pouring through Egwene's head. Yeah, it makes you think what's going to happen when they run into each other the moment Egwene is also accepted. Like the second they are technically on the same peer group. Don't you think Egwene, from what we've read, is going to first opportunity try and put Nynaeve in her place? Try to even the playing field? I don't know. You get hints of that here. Yeah, you do. You really do. That's a good thought. Let's put that into the predictions column. Okay. That that Egwene's going to put Nynaeve in her place. Place. Okay. It's going to be kind of like Sounds a good. Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan sort of thing. No, oh, yeah. With a baseball bat to the decap or something. Pro, some crowbar action or whatever they use. Yeah, yeah whatever whatever they used. Um, so, Gwen puts Night Nineveh in place. Okay. It's added into the prediction. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, Bingo. And... So Nynaeve also says that something doesn't feel right. She says kind of like a storm, and it talks about how she was always good at, at telling the weather. But, you know, it's a cloudless sky. There's not a storm coming, but it's not – she says it's not like a storm storm, but it's something like a storm. It, but they think it might be something to do with people too. Like, But she definitely senses something wrong, um, like something bad's coming. Um, she's got empathetic abilities. Mm-hmm. Like she's able Who's... to sense when things are coming from other people. She's able to sense their, um, oh man, the word just left me that fast. In, up, oh, I blanked. I'm sorry, it left. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I can't think of it. I have a question you can help me with, Chris. When when we start getting the description about how naive, um, you know was always good about reaching out, feeling the weather, blah, 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 blah. But recently it could also, you know, indicate, you know, sketchy dudes come in or something like that. From whose perspective was that? Are we still, is this, is this a Gwaine's perspective? It's, yeah, it's all still a Gwaine's perspective. We haven't shift, shifted point of views. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like we got a quick mm-hmm. nine yeah, or Actual like narrator. She's going to make an observation. She's just like, Nynaeve's ability has grown or changed. The storm she felt sometimes had to do with men rather than wind now. It's yeah. like, so there was, hmm. this, there's a shift in her abilities. And I don't know if that comes from her now tapping into the power kind of at will or if it just become if it comes from experience, like when she was in Edmondsville, she didn't really have to worry about people per se. Her only real worry was, will there be crops? Right. So, just wondered about that. Okay. Yeah, and and then we get we get Varen. Varen's right up there, and she's just lost in thought. Surprise, surprise! Just kind of not really paying attention to anybody else. Just staring off into space, like space cadet Varen is. <laughs> on the brown, down on dee, down on down, down on dee, down brown, down on down on down. Exactly. We need to make that to a song. Every time Varen comes, you start playing uh, <laughs> on brown. <laughs> I live and... in a brown house on a brown street with brown shutters. <laughs> and I read a brown book. Bah, bah, bah. Okay, uh, yeah, okay. Um, and then we. 
and then it says Matt's passed out. Um, he's been passed out for like three days, just laying in, a, I guess, a, a litter, uh, I guess, between two horses. Um, hasn't woken up. Like I said, hasn't woken up in three days. Um, it's doing pretty bad. Like Matt's not looking good at all. Um, and then our, our good friend Huron shows up um, and senses our smells trouble. And it goes into his ability again about how, you know, but, uh, when they're at the uh, villages and stuff like that, how they almost got robbed and killed or whatever because they didn't believe him. But now they, yeah, know something's wrong. Secrets. 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 Just, I yeah. think it's great. Um, I appreciate uh, Huron's loyalty to, uh, I mean, what it is he's dedicated to. Um, he's still committed to his small group, his his small band of brothers that he traveled with for so long. And he's definitely still committed to Rand, and he knows that above all else, um, yes, Rand cares about Egwene, Rand cares about Nynaeve, blah, 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 but Rand wanted to make sure Matt was safe from the dagger. And Huron is 100% dedicated to that, nothing else. Like, he's not going to give up his secrets to anybody else, he's not going to trust anybody else. He's just focused on getting Matt to where he needs to be to get saved, and right. not even for his, for his sake. And I don't even think it's—I don't even think it's for the sake of his relationship with Matt. I think it's in service of Rand and in service of the Dragon Reborn that he's dedicated to that. Good. So, yeah, I respect that. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. You really summarized it very well. He definitely is one of those individuals that is like the go-to man when it comes to getting things done for the cause. He is mm-hmm. definitely unwavering definitely dedicated. Yeah, you're right. Unwavering dedication to what it is that he has been assigned to. So right. I hope he doesn't get killed anytime soon. I really like Karen. Yeah. Or, or worse, I hope it doesn't turn out he's a dark friend, because then I'm just... If that happens, I'm going to give up on predictions altogether. Yeah, he's too nice. He's too sweet. He's humble. Yeah, I don't get any of that from him at all. No way. No. Yeah. So, um, you know, Elaine asked what kind of feeling, what kind of trouble. I says, well, you know, I saw tracks, and I was like, well, I saw the tracks too. It doesn't look that big of a deal. Um, he says, well, it's just a feeling. I have a feeling something's wrong. Um, you know, and, and the girls are nervous about whatever, you know, he's sensing or whatever, but, um, they keep on going on. It goes back to Matt. Matt's laying, clutching his dagger, um, looking like death and he has a fever. So things are good. Has anybody tried cowbell? I only read it twice. I didn't, did they try cowbell? They didn't try cowbell. No. And even if they did, maybe they should try more. Yeah, because that might be the only cure. Is more yeah. cowbell. More cowbell. Yep. Does anybody try that on the coronavirus? Just, just, just. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! In all the billions of people alive on this earth, not one cowbell was rung in all uh, twenty twenty. That's the problem. That's the problem. We needed more cowbell. <laughs> more cowbell. You know what? At New Year's, we should start this movement right now. Everybody needs to pick up a fucking cowbell. And when we ring in 2021, everybody needs to whack the shit out of that cowbell. Like, uh, that needs to be the song. 
There you go. Nynaeve says, you know, she tried to heal Matt and they're all like Lane and Aquina like, but what? You're not supposed to be trying to heal. You could have killed them, blah, blah. And Nynaeve's like, whatever. I used to heal all the time. They don't know what they're talking about. She's so like, is pompous the right word? I guess they can use that one. In that moment, I was just like, there's the old Egwene that we all know and love. So, yep. I was like, eh. You know, it, it does make me wonder, like, are they stifling her healing abilities by not allowing her to practice? Like, I know that she is supposed to be a great something or another, but are they shifting her abilities is healing yeah. was healing really her call? Should she be putting more of a focus there? Would she be better off just being wisdom? Like, what's her? Yeah, but also Nanivis like be angry. To, yeah, and Nanivis be angry to channel too. So that's that makes it harder for her to train as well. But yeah, yeah. But when she was healing, she wasn't angry. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess in the past she had been. I mean, they don't they don't go into a point of view about when she was doing it, but. Yeah, maybe so angry that she couldn't help this person. That's when she it worked. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. Uh, it, it just says she had tried. It, she didn't try in that moment. She had tried previously. Gotcha. And and let's not confuse the action with the emotions because um, you can be very dedicated and focused on healing somebody and using anger as a motivation. Still, uh, I have witnessed a medic patch somebody back together that was in rough shape um and they definitely use anger as their motivation they were cursing out the dude in front of them for effing getting blown up in such a way and got it but it like it was very clear that he was relying on that adrenaline to motivate him to go through the steps and do everything he needed to do in that impossible situation so I guess to Alan's point, we didn't know exactly what was going on in those times of healing, but uh, it, it's not too far-fetched for me to envision Nynaeve trying to heal, let's say, a really screwed up Egwene when she was young and still finding a way to use anger to motivate her to do it. Yeah. You know? Like, F this, F this disease or blah, 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 or mad at Egwene, Egwene for doing whatever that might have got her in that situation or Still possible. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it ends with this little, you know, with Gwen thinking, well, at least Matt will be healed when they get to the White Tower. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. and, and then we get some new people showing up. So they look up and they over, you know, I think it was two dozen, so like 24 uh, men in white cloaks start riding towards them. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, we get white cloaks coming in. Our fa- our favorite people. No, they're pretty cool. They're they're the heroes of the story. Mm-hmm. They are. Like, we know so this. I'm glad they've arrived. Yeah, save the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they show up, and immediately Varen goes, "Let me do the talking. You guys don't say anything at all." <laughs> Which uh, this is where Varen do all the talking children. She like flat out. Embarrass them to themselves 
and mm-hmm. started to pick the fight before it even started. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say she didn't embarrass them, but she definitely picked a fight. I uh, mm-hmm. this this is where Varen has totally missed the social cues, and Varen didn't understand, still doesn't understand, especially Nynaeve, but all of the girls at this point. The conversation should have been more like, "Hey, real quick, ladies, look, I know." I know everything you've been through and everything you've done, and I got an idea what you're capable of, okay? But do me a favor and let me let me handle this one because there's a couple of things that I want to show you. Something talking to him more like a peer mm-hmm. um, would have would have probably worked better. But trying to put them in their place, she's totally missed out. These girls have transitioned big time. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter what the White Tower calls them. Accepted, mm-hmm. novice, fuck that. That does not apply to these girls after what they've been through and what they've done. Uh, so she she missed that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, to the point where I was not surprised on how this stuff unfolded. Like, the moment she was like, I got this, y'all don't worry, I was like, pretty sure Egwene is going to make somebody's head explode. Because she's like, oh, <laughs> or 90, like, I just, yeah. Well, she has some serious PTSD. Exactly. Bingo. There's no way she's going to play it cool here. And there's no way Nynaeve is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to let somebody else take charge here. No, oh, come on. Yeah. Varen, you missed, you missed out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the leader of this white cloak show up and immediately like, okay, so we got two witches here. Uh, we got two men, one sick, the other old and two little girls. Okay. What, we, we can handle you guys. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and, you <laughs> and, 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 and talk to you and get some information. So where you guys, where you guys come from? And Ryan goes West. <laughs> 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 and Egwene from the back, Egwene goes, you done did fucked up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> but like, we, gotta, we gotta take a look at the way he actually says it. It is super insulting. It's like, and two nits and a pair yeah. of lap dogs, one sick and one old. Like, that was super effed up of him to begin with. So he put everybody straight up on guard. So that response was perfect. Yeah, yeah. but from the, re- from the reader perspective, after Baron tried to immediately take charge and kind of put them in their place, be like, hush, children, I got this. All right. That's already, I can already see Nynaeve and even Egwene in, in uh, what's her name? What's the other chick? Elaine. 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 Like all three of them, but especially Nynaeve, are probably looking at Baron like, who the fuck are you talking to? Um, but then he says this, and at that moment, I promise you, all three of those girls were like, well, we're gonna do something before we leave. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna show him something. We're gonna show him and Varen something. It's about to go yeah. Back. So, yeah, and Varen starts talking to this this leader of this white cloak gang, and is like, "All right, well, we're ready to Tarvalin. There's not much you can do to us right now. What are you gonna try to haul us off? We're in view of the tower. Like, you think you think you'll make it out of here alive if you try to take us? Like, I said, I. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. And as She's talking, obviously, tension's starting to rise a little bit, and Elaine jumps right in. I'm the daughter heir of Andor, and <laughs> immediately, Varen's like, fuck. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> this is where the childish moment came into play. Yeah. 
as as annoying as that little exchange might seem, I actually think that's the only important new significant information that we got from this whole exchange. I agree. Like I said, everything else to me was predictable, but her saying who she is and the white cloak's response, like that's, that's new Intel. That's new info. Something has changed on that front. So so Morghese is not queen. Morghese is not friends of the white tower anymore. And I had a question mark. What do you think happened? I think this is a bluff. Like they're just trying to use an excuse to take them. No, it has to do with the brothers more than likely because remember the brothers were at Tarvalon when the girls disappeared, right? And it's not like Elaine's going to disappear and the brothers go up. Oh, well, we'll just wait till she shows back up. Like there was, there, there had to have been finger pointing. Uh, there was some sort of, you know, you effed up, you effed up. And we know, I don't know. We know how Galad is and, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna run back and give the news and be like, we have to take up arms because our, my dear sister has been taken by somebody or disappeared or blah blah blah. Right. So I, I one way or another, the brothers are involved. Is my guess. Yep. And that's when the white cloak's like, well, now we have an excuse to take you guys. So now we're definitely taking you all uh, into custody. And we're, you know, um, and at that point, Egwene's like, I'm not going to be captured again. I'm yeah, not going to be captured again. All right. You. Screw this crap. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> starts to be, starts the channel and starts to just, yeah, uh, throw rocks up in the air and spl- explode stuff everywhere. And, um, and then she notices not even Elaine have started channeling too. It starts, it, it's earth exploding everywhere in front of all these horses. And the horses are all scared. Um, the leader of the white cloak is knocked out of a saddle. And Varen is super pissed through all this, like yelling, screaming at him. <laughs> like I can just imagine this old plump lady just yelling at him, like, you know. Like, I really like how they keep going back to how Gwaine enters into the One Power. I just think that's really cool imagery. She's like in a heartbeat, her mind emptied, and everything, everything but a single rosebud, floating in emptiness. She was the rosebud, opening to the light, opening to Sadar, the female half of the true source. Hmm. Like, I'm wondering if there's any way we could, that Rand learns how to, like, like, he has finding the void, but maybe that's the issue. He's, like, found the void, and now he needs to find the focus. The flame. So, I, I actually see a lot of similarities between the two, and how they're able to channel and frustration sometimes they're not able to when they want to and it goes back to previous episodes i mentioned like whenever the need is great whenever they feel moments of desperation that's when it hits them the hardest that's when it comes to them um and and like in like in in this example we talked about briefly the ptsd that Egwene has the moment it was suggested that i'm gonna take you with me like uh, this, I, I'm curious to see how this gets played out in the show. Um, because, you know, you can slow it down and kind of show each person's perspective, but I think you can still get the point across. If the moment he says that, there's like a pan to Egwene, and she has this look on her face like, uh, no, and she starts. And then you look at Nynaeve, and there's kind of a, you know, nose in the air, I'm better than you 
rolls my eyes. I'm going to start channeling. And then with Elaine, it's kind of a shrug of his shoulders like, well, I'm going to help my sisters out. And then they all just, bam, <laughs> you know, real quick, one, two, three, hit them with it. You know? yeah. There, there, yeah, there's no way Egwene was going to yeah. accept being taken again. They're just, it, the, the need was absolute there. Sure. Whether yeah. she wanted it to or not, the she was going to channel there. It was going to come to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it came to all of them in that moment of desperation. And was it warranted? I, I don't know. Like Varen said later on that they could have gotten out of it. But I really do wonder how far the White Cloaks are actually willing to go now that they've got targets in mind. Like before, they were kind of meandering with the only purpose of spreading the way of the light and kind of enforcing their own like thoughts. Now they've got actual enemies in mind. They've got Perrin. They've got Rand. You know, they've got dark friends in general, but they've got two main faces that they can put an emphasis on. So it makes them a little bit more dangerous. I think White Cloak should be more concerned about coming after these three girls than Rand. I'd be more terrified coming after them. Um, they, so we're kind of skipping ahead from your, your summary, Alan, but these girls, uh, as they tell Varen, well, we didn't actually attack them, and they didn't. <laughs> Everything that just happened was a, a demonstration in your face. Scoot your horses. But in doing that, like, we moved Earth. We made the ground beneath you tremble like we just gave you a little hint at what we can do uh so if they want to come after these girls good luck that they were just being very nice to you they just did a very simple demonstration um god forbid they actually destroyed tried to destroy you that that's yeah i would not mess with them not the three of them together i agree yeah yeah um and then yeah so the leader uh, everybody else scatters all the rest of the white cloaks they all scatter except for the leader um and he's falling off his horse and he gets up and he says you know uh, the lie said i killed his father uh, and varian just ignores him and starts scolding um the, the girls here um you know like what have you done and you know as Ian jumped ahead a little bit um but yeah uh this is where it is where you know, Varen says, you know, it was all bluff. They weren't going to actually take us. I could talk their way out of it. You shouldn't use, you know, what you did was a bottom of nation. Uh, you're not supposed to use the power like that. It's not supposed to use a weapon ever. And yeah. And, and like you said, you're like, well, we didn't use this weapon, really. And she's like, shut up. Don't talk anymore. You're in trouble. <laughs> um, and at some point, I think it was Elaine. Was Elaine that mentions Falma? Like, no, Elaine. <laughs> Was it Egwene? Oh yeah, that we came from Falma, and the White Cloak immediately loses it, and you know yeah, she felt bad trying to give all the excuses as to what happened and be apologetic, and then says, "Yeah, where they came from." And he's like, "But my daddy," you know. Yeah, and to... then we get the name. So his name's Dane Bornhold. Uh, we've we've yeah. met. We've actually met Dane before. Um, uh, now we obviously know his father, Jeffrey Bornhold, from when Perrin got captured, and also from the battle at Falma. Uh, we had a lot of point of views, but Dane Bornhold was the leader of the White Cloaks in Bear Lane that tried to stop them from leaving the city. Oh, really? When, no, I didn't when, put two and two together. That didn't click. 
Is, when Moraine is that got when really Moraine bad? was like, you dare yeah. to stop me? You dare to bar me? Yes. You know who I am? Oh. No. And you know what? So that's, that's all the more reason why Varen is just out of touch with what's going on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just not understanding. You know, all the rules and the shit you read in the book, and this is what we've done in Tarvalon for so long, doesn't apply anymore. Not with these girls and not with Rand. Even Moraine, when the time came, when they tried to cross her path, she whooped out some channeling and some, you know, she demonstrated to the same guy, which I didn't even realize that. Thanks for sharing that, Alan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny that Nynaeve and Egwene and Elaine, they, they acted in the same vein that Moraine did when yeah. they were challenged by the same guy. How about that? Yeah. So, so this this dang guy probably really hates I should die at this point. <laughs> Every time, um, this is what, and then he also thinks that they killed his father. So, yeah, there's that. Um, well, then I guess I guess I should add. We keep talking about it; it'll probably come up a million more times. Communication breakdown. There is clearly opportunity here for them to try and communicate what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Baron Baron doesn't even attempt to, no. uh, and, and I realize like you know adrenaline's pumping and everything. He might not listen to him anyways, but there's there was an opportunity to put this fire out a little bit, and yeah. nothing. You'd yeah. have to want to. You'd have to care. I mean, this particular Sedai is cold and calculating, and the girls have nothing good to say to White Cloak, so. That leaves us with nobody to really comfort him because you want empathy for a group of people that they don't mm-hmm. care about. I, I think if Egwene was allowed to keep talking, she she probably would have gone down that rabbit hole. And, and it seems like she was attempting to. Like, let's just hit him. Let's just hit him with the truth. Let's just be honest with what's going on. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, she stumbles into a hole there, and Baron gets all pissed at her and cuts her off, and blah 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 blah. But anyways, yeah, there, there's an opportunity to try and relay some truth or, or at least plant the seed like, hey, what, what you heard is not what happened. Not even close. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we were there. We were the Aes Sedai there. There was only a handful of us and I promise you that's not what happened. Or or maybe fill him in on the Shan Chan and like how they control Aes Sedai. Like, something to get him to think moving forward like, huh, maybe I don't know the whole truth. But there's nothing. They didn't give him anything. They're just letting him believe what he believes. And that's going to sure. bite him in the ass. Sure. So, yeah. So, Varen's still upset. She ignores Dan at this point. Just kind of leaves it behind. And they kind of ride past him as he's yelling, like, fist in the air. Like, I'll get you next time. <laughs> or he says, remember my name. Remember her name. That's what he says. And they're like, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> like, we're out. I, I am your father. Uh, <laughs> wait, wrong. No, sorry. Wrong, wrong scene. Wrong yeah. Movie. Um. So, so yeah, and as they as they ride away, Elaine asks Varen about her mother. Says, "What what do you mean about Merge's not being friends with the White Tower anymore?" And Varen's like, "Things change, you know. That that's all she says. I don't really know, but things change." Um, and as they approach the city, she says, "Now the real danger begins," and that's how we end this chapter. Dun dun dun. I like that. I mean, it is where the real danger begins because before they were dealing with simpletons in the city and mm-hmm. the white club, but 
now they have to deal with people on equal footing. They've got to deal with other Aes Sedai. Uh. And they've got to go back to the idea that they're working towards upholding the greater values of the Aes Sedai when it comes to privacy and quiescy and is that even a word? Hmm. I made it up if it's not. But also you, you've got all of these Aes Sedai women with all these different powers and abilities and then you're also trying to learn and then people are hating you because you're gone and came back and then they're hating you for other reasons. So I'm, this next couple of chapters were pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So this, they, they could have called this next chapter or next chapters. Um, shoot, what was that game that, that we left when we left Tom in that town, the da- Days to Mar? How do you say that, Alan? Uh, Days to Mar, yeah. Days to Mar. In, in Carrion, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it's Days to Mar, but it's in Tarvalon. I mean, you have all these different, uh, Aja, but even within the Aja, people with, different end games that they want to see happen and they're all playing their cards differently. And mm-hmm. again, Baron could have done a better job prepping the girls for what to expect going in there. Like, Hey, by the way, this casual conversation we're having now, when we get in there, I'm going to light your shit up. If you act out of line, because I need to maintain my role, you know, to not lose standing and you have to play your, you know, so it's, there, there's a game being played here for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely, little, 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 little Game of Thrones. So, any any final thoughts or anything we missed from this chapter? No, I think we're good. He yeah. has got a lot you, of good content tonight. Do y'all like how I said I'm really starting to like Baron, but I gave her shit this whole time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't understand you either. It's, yeah, but I do like her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, good, but fuck good, that good shit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're moving on to chapter 11, um, Tarvalin, and the icon is the Flame of Tarvalin. And before we go any further, I do want to put one little disclaimer and side note. Um, due to technical difficulties, we are recording this like a week later. So um, we recorded this a week ago, actually over a week ago, and then the audio didn't come through. So we are going to re-record this. So if it sounds a little off, it's because we read these, like, well, at least Ian and Chris read these chapters like two weeks ago, and we've recorded episodes since, so they're actually further along the books. <laughs> so I just want to put, I just wanted to put that out there, um, just in case some things pop up and like, what, was that this chapter or next chapter? So I'll try to keep them on point, but just anybody listening, that's what happened, and hence why you also get an episode late. So keep us on point. The deep state saw how popular we were getting. We had so many followers. The deep state and all those like uh, 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 alphabet agencies, they came after us. Yeah, they shut us down. Yeah. They're, shut scared. Us down. They're scared of what we're putting out in the public now. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Alien. So Alien. with that being said, we start with this great map of Tarvalon. Um, yeah, it's, it's a map of the city. Um 
don't know if you guys well, had hold, a hold on. Al, I mean, Alan, you're you're always given the story and describing to us. Maybe I can describe the map in, instead of you give you a little break, <clears throat> right? So I'm looking at that map, and what I see is. Um, it's an elastic muscular canal with a soft, flexible lining that provides lubrication and sensation. The tarvalon connects the uterus to the outside world. The vulva and labia form the entrance, and the cervix of the uterus protrudes into the vagina, forming the interior end. Yes. And, it, it, and Chris, if you actually – I don't know if you have the same book as me, but down in the <laughs> bottom right-hand corner, if you look real close, that's what it says. It describes it. <laughs> it describes it. Okay. I'm cheating. I'm cheating. That's it. Uh, yeah, but I'm looking at. Yeah, it. yeah. So you got you the to... word like the last time. Yeah, yeah and it's a, uh, and it's a little North Harbor up up top, you know. And most guys have a hard time finding that for some reason. Like it's, yeah. they, they, there, there's they, a, they float there's down a little... the river on the left. They float down the river on the right. It's, it's a harbor. There's literally a man in the canoe there. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> it, it should be pretty obvious, but. Gosh, some some people. From what I hear, some guys are just blind as a bat. Yeah, yeah. Keep well, trying to be creative. Direction. And, and by the way, that's uh, I think I brought this up last time, but I think it's a recording. Mayblis is actually, I think, going to sell Harbor Master T-shirts. Like, um, <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah, Tarvalon Harbor Master. Um, so I want uh, that so bad. Like, I find <laughs> me up whenever it's ready. Let me know. He's gonna make a profit off of this guy. Yeah. Um, so if he ever has his t-shirts, definitely we'll, we'll let everybody know. Uh, if they're not up already, they might be. I'll let you know next time I record. I'll check. But I, I need so anyways, shirt, I need the shirt to be in that stretchy material, an extra small with a V cut. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if he has that, I'm down. So yeah. So let's go right into this chapter. Um, so a granny company. Um, they get this little t- uh, this town outside of Tarvalon. So you have these towns um, that on each bridge that connect to the city. Um, and and the city's really well fortified. These towns are not. And you get a description of the town and you know, uh, basically just have grown up around the city. So we'll start there with the description there and what you guys' thoughts on, on, on Darien, the little town we're in. So um, lo- looking at the actual map and not what I described, uh, even though they're virtually the same, um, from like, I'll say from a military standpoint, Tarvalon itself, the island, super well fortified, and it didn't really sink in until I paid attention to the scale. And in the book I have, it has a scale that is one to two miles. So the most narrow part, uh, up near the uh, the um, harbor, the North Harbor, is still mm-hmm. just shy of a mile wide. Mm-hmm. And there's some parts that are well over a mile wide between like the shore and the island itself. So Tarvalon, super secure. But then you look at yes. how all of the towns on either side of the river are, they're totally exposed. That's that is Operation Human Shield. Like <laughs> there is if somebody's attacking and you're caught uh on the other side of the bridge, you're in trouble. Yeah, totally exposed. Yeah. And you're too far for Tarvalon to even do anything to defend you. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. I read through it, I thought of a town with severe PTSD. If you read over it, the number of times it's been broken down and built back up and broken down and built back up, like throughout each war, it's, it was burned and sacked and besieged and just 
the people are hardened and they're, you know, preparing for war again as if it was like imminent and right around the corner. And, you know, you really couldn't tell age because the buildings have been destroyed and rebuilt so many times. Um, so I just found that very, very intriguing, very interesting. And it made me wonder, like, what, why isn't Tarbalon protecting its outer, you know, realm, essentially? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of goes to the idea of, is there enough people there? Um, do they really have the power that they say they do? You know, what's what's the sense of being so close to such a powerful place if they keep getting war written? Yeah. Yeah. True. It, but yeah, I think we talked about this last time that I think the reason why they're so close is um, because commerce. I mean, Tarvalin is the largest city in all of this world, uh, at least that we know of. Um, so um, a it's the center of that we know of. What's it? No, it's not. It's not a clue. It's just that there's so there, there there's more to the world that we end up finding out about, but I heard we don't. Need that. That's a clue. He but there, flip. But there, but we don't know anything about those lands, so there might be bigger things. Yet. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, Tarvalon's like the largest city in the entire world. Um, it's like New York or LA. So around it, you'd have suburbs are, it would be a center of commerce. Wait, so you definitely, you said LA, are we talking lower Alabama? Cause that's the real LA uh, or do you mean Los Angeles? Okay. Well, Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be specific. Los Angeles. <laughs> if we have, a, if we have um, any panhandle Florida folks or actual Alabama folks, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's only one <laughs> LA and it ain't in California. <laughs> Anyways, so um, so yeah, so being a center of commerce, you know, these small towns would, would definitely pop up around there just to try to, uh, regardless of lack of security, to try to you know um, uh, cash in on being close to commerce. Yeah, um, well, I mean, with such opportunity. So, Chris, to your point, it's not like we can imagine. All right, they get sacked, and then the next day, the very same people establish commerce and start their businesses back up. Uh, yeah, I can imagine after a couple of times, somebody's gonna be like, screwed, I'm leaving and they leave, but there's such opportunity there. Like what Alan is saying, somebody mm -hmm. else is going to stand up a business. There's going to be trade. It's going to happen. So I get it. Yeah. It just, I mean, it, that's a lot of risk there. <laughs> and, awesome. we, and, we, and we've seen this before on other cities. So like when we were in Kyrie and the Kyrie itself was like uh, a very fortified city, very, very, de uh, defensible, hard, to, hard to conquer. But all around it was something called the foregate, which is not defended at all, where all the poor people lived. And that wasn't actually – it had built outside the city as like a slums around the city where people – Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, where that, and, yeah that's where the parties were at, but it's also not defended at all. Um, so Whereas here, I, the parties are in the North Harbor. You know, I would – yeah. And, 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 the, <laughs> and the tower itself. You know. And the tower itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially if you go deep into the tower. You know. Oh, man. <laughs> Stop rubbing it in. Some of us can only go, but so do they. That's what she tower. said. <laughs> <laughs> there are physical limitations. Uh, anyways. Yeah, party, party's in the tower. We'll move on. So, so Varen, Varen is here. She wants to talk to the guards. Gwen's getting super impatient because Matt is, like, dying. And Varen just hushes her. She wants to hear what the guards have to say um, on the bridge. So that's kind of the next scene. And wanted to talk about that. Uh, the guards, 
you know, say they've heard of, heard about white all the white cloaks and and heard about Fame already, and they're kind of uh, I think of Gwen and them are shocked that they heard it already. But you know, rumors travel really fast. Well, rumors travel fast, and they you know even Baron describes methods that they might have got there, and the the person at the bridge talks about people coming up the river. But we also know our dark friend uh, punks. They have ways of traveling that are ultra fast. So obviously that news could have traveled super fast. I, I will say this. So this is one of those areas that you – if you think about it long enough, you get mad about what didn't happen, not so much what happened. We're only a couple pages in this chapter, and uh, I'll talk about this again. We've talked about communication a million times in the past, but I, what boggles my mind the most about this whole scenario – is that Varen didn't do a quick timeout with the girls and say this is what's about to go down. She didn't prep them or anything. Like I just feel like there's no reason why she couldn't be super honest with them about what was about to happen, and then they would be more willing to kind of trust her lead. You know, she just mm-hmm. dove right into it. And we constantly see Nynaeve and Egwene trying to chime in and be like, "Oh, but Varen this, and oh, but Matt that," and you know, she just shuts them down. Like, why Why do we even have to go through this? Why couldn't a day ago, Varen be like, all right, here's the deal. This is kind of how things are going to happen when we enter town. I need you to trust me here, and this is why. And there was none of that. So, sure. here we go. All this awkward tension between the girls, and Matt's dying, and Varen's just trying to show how powerful she is and look down on the girls. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah you're sure. talking about an Aes Sedai, and you're asking for an Aes Sedai to explain herself to underlings. Like, at the end of the day, she still views herself as exactly that, above them. So I do agree with you on that statement, and she would agree with you, too. She is above them, so she, has, she hasn't the reason to stop and explain anything. They have the obligation to do as she says. So, though they yeah. may be the ones that found the, helped define the horn, they've gone through all of this stuff, at the end of the day, they're nothing more to her than a couple of runaway girls. That That's hope to I, be a Sedai one day. You're right. I keep thinking about, you know, Varen knows about Rand, so she's got to know. But like, there's really no prophecy or anything that we know that talks about the role of the of these girls. So maybe she mm-hmm. doesn't truly understand their importance. But I just, I don't know. From the or reader, maybe she doesn't. All the reason, more reason for her to just like continue to put them in their place so that they continue true. to. You know, yeah. be under her, learn under her, learn under them, and not think themselves above the rest. Yeah. I, I guess that's part of that getting caught up in the reader perspective. And, and what I know right now, I'm already thinking, well, these girls are just total badasses. They shouldn't be, I don't know, they shouldn't be putting up with anything from anybody, really. I don't know. I've, I haven't met, at, at this point, actually, here's a great question. At this, at this point, who individually one-on-one who do you think could stand up to Nynaeve right now one-on-one Lan oh okay uh, <laughs> yeah. I meant I meant I said Lan right. will capture the tower absolutely he yeah. will make his way through the harbor no problem oh yeah he, but, but, only, but only if Nynaeve's angry this, she's not oh, angry anyone Any, anyways anyways I guess I don't know Jordan's doing a good job. He's got my head spinning. I'm feeling the frustration of the girls right now also. So 
Yeah, yeah. He, he did his job. There you go. So yeah, and then we get a description of the bridge that actually runs to Tarvalon. So, which is kind of crazy because you, as you, Ann mentioned earlier, the river the river's like a mile wide in some spots, and this bridge has no supports. So, if you just imagine just a span going over a mile, nothing holding it up. It looked like it should look like it falls into the water. Like this is pretty crazy, pretty breathtaking. Sure. Just the <laughs> open work walls looked intricate enough to tax the best craftswoman at her laced frame. It hardly seemed that such could have been done with stone, or that it could stand with even its own weight. The river rolled strong and steady, fifty paces or more below. And for all that half mile, the bridge flowed unsupported from riverbank to island. Because a half mile, still a long ways, a well, very long ways, and it's whoever. unsupported from riverbank to island. Like, mm-hmm. right? That's that's amazing. I'll tell you what, right. I didn't pick up on this before. Whoever drew this map did not actually read that line right there, because I can bust out a ruler right now with the scale. And mm-hmm. all of the bridges, let me look at them again. All of the bridges are at least a mile long. Oh, okay. Some of them a mile and a half. And mm-hmm. wait, where were they coming from again? What town? They're Darien. And... I think it's the bottom left town. No, it's left side, middle. So that is one of the shorter ones, but by the scale, that's still at least a mile. Okay. This hmm. map is fraudulent. It's a fraudulent map. What if Tarvalon be... doesn't actually look like a bitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jordan's not the creepy guy. It's the artist. They paid him, and he was like, yeah, sure, I'll draw, draw your island. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Let me uh... see if they pick up, pick up on what I did. Yep. Uh, anyway, that is a lot. So, that is yeah. still impressive that the bridge stands at, at that yeah. stance, even half a mile. That's that's insane. Yeah. So yeah. So they get across into the city. Varen starts scolding them again about watching their tongues and about you know everything they did back at the white cloaks um, just now. Uh, you know, with the, with the power, using power. Um, and then this is where Varen. This is where Varen does tell them that the, that the tower might not be that pleasant for them. And that's all she really says before uh, one Kieran leaves and the tower guards come, take Matt away, and then Shiram shows up. It's like boom, boom, boom. So we'll start with Kieran leaving. He's he's like, all right, my job's done. Deuces. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> well, so I don't think it's that Heron's like super eager to leave. I mean, I I, I believe from what I've read, he's committed to taking care of Matt, making sure he's safe. Like, those guys, they're homies at this point. I think it's him realizing that once they've crossed this threshold, um, his ability to protect, do whatever, help, I mean, it's out the window. Everything's out of his hands now in this realm. So he just has to trust they're going to take care of him. Now he really serves no purpose. And because of that, his secondary duty right. kind of kick in. So, let's, yeah, he's going right. to take care of that. Yeah, someone I mean, he's like, I, oh, screw it, I'm out of here, guys. No, not even. No, I feel like his job's done. So once his job's done, he's like, deuces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. Like... And that, that's mostly what you said. I just want to clarify for our listeners. That's, 
Here, here yeah. is a. If he turns out to be a dark friend, I'm going to be shattered. Okay, but he's yeah. one of the characters right now that man. He's loyal. He's honor bound, duty bound. Like he's a true I, soldier. Yes, you know, and you gotta have love that. I don't want to take said, him in any way. You did say it about Intar too. That he's duty bound. No, I he is, but I. I called out his baby <laughs> shit early on. I got I got sure. lucky, I think. I don't know, but no. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, and so the coward guards come, take Matt away, and then we get Shiriam. She shows up. Um and <laughs> she's like, Oh, so our runaways have have come back and of course they start protesting but are immediately hushed. Like, we're not runaways, like shut up, don't talk. You're runaways. And then they start talking, Varen and Shiriam, about what to do. Like, talking like they're not even there. Like, yeah, so we'll just go ahead we'll and lock them in the room. Ladder. We'll grab the ladder. We have another set of rules to hang. Uh, tells them to go lock them in their rooms until the Emerald calls for them. Um, and they get scolded again for running away. <laughs> yeah, I can I can only repeat what I said earlier. Like, why couldn't Varen give them the rundown on what's going on because as i'm reading this like i'm, I'm still somewhat pissed at Varen, but then she also takes control of the situation um and doesn't just say hey i found the runaways you decide what to do with them she's very proactive in establishing what should be done with them so they're not going to be uh put in a worse situation i guess you know Right. Or at least sent to the rooms where they're familiar with it, they'll be comfortable. So in a way, she's like still helping them out. But why not? Why wasn't this talked about? Why? Why leave right. it to be a surprise? I don't know. These brown eyes, I mean, yeah. they don't, they don't think ahead. Get your nose out the book, yeah. Man. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get, we got a little shit in the head and realizing that things need to be kept the way they were, like that facade of them being a runaway, because she knows more. Than anybody else does as well. The girls don't even realize how much she knows. She knows more than they do at certain levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's true. That's, yep. that's her still being up beyond them and above them. Right. And then we get our, our shitty little accepted fat fouling that escorts them to the room, saying like, "Yeah, you might get get stilled." <laughs> like she's the crappy little accepted that's always yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I have very very high high uh, high um, uh, praises for for failing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell, but yeah. So uh, and that's what kind of we end the chapters. The getting escorted off and Egwene thinking, um, "I hope Matt gets healed." Yeah. So, any final thoughts on this little chapter? I mean, it's not. There's not a whole lot to it besides a, a really apparently. Well, the mention not, of the term "wilder" that we kind of okay. breezed over, and I don't know if that becomes important in the future or not, mm-hmm. um, as a differentiation between types of uh, Aes Sedai. But just want to bring sure. that to the attention because. So have, I don't know. If, is this the first time "wilder" is used? I. If it isn't, then it would be surprising. Mean, I think it is the first time it was used. I think it's the first time I remember it being used, I should say. Wilder. Okay. So I just wanted yeah. to bring attention to that, that being the individuals who kind of skipped rank, essentially. And yeah. I I, so, I, I kind of wonder whether or not this has a tie into, I mean, I know with her, um, Nynaeve being a... Um, a wisdom. I'm wondering if the other people that kind of skipped rank 
had some type of informal training as well before they entered the tower. Yeah. So, so I, 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 can, I this is not really spoilery out I me mean, because it isn't really, I don't think it, it clearly defines what a water is for a, like it ever. You just kind of piece your piece, everything together to figure it out. But um, it's a derogatory term um, used to, to describe Aes Sedai that um, had learned how to channel on their own. So the Aes Sedai that, that are found at a very young age and then are taught from day one how to channel are considered tower trained. And that's, and they, they look down on, on anyone who was trained, you know, had taught themselves how to, how to channel. And that like, so Nynaeve, for example, who had already channeled beforehand is a wilder. Um, and, and uh, the tower trained Aes Sedai looked down on wilders. It's like a, it was like a racial slur kind of thing, but it's not race, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like a it's, cast. It's discriminatory. It's discriminatory, yeah. Um, that's a good word to use. Yeah, it's a prejudice. Um, so the tower trained I said I looked down at Walters, um, even though there's really no justification for it. So like most prejudices, not out most, but the, how some prejudices are. Um, yeah. So. Crazy. And it, it, it's usually it's usually founded from, you know, the source is a little bit of insecurity. It's something they can't control, and it's something mm-hmm. they fear makes those other people, the Wilders, perhaps better than them. Perhaps. So they want to put them in their place. Mm-hmm. Shading the shade pants. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you'll discover, you'll discover the White Tower. I mean, they, they hinted at this at Kyrian, that the White Tower is even worse days to Mar. So, um, yeah, well, we, talk, we talked about it, and I'll talk about yeah. it again. Their, their, their <laughs> games are shady. Oh, and yeah. It's very fearful. They are causing all of their own problems. Uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. So, anything else from this chapter before we move on? I think we're good. Ah, oh, bro. Okay. All right. Let's move on to chapter twelve. The Armalin. The Armalin seat. Sorry, I forgot the seat part. The Armalin seat. Um, and Icon is the flame of Tarvalon again. Um, and we get a Swan point of view. So we get the Armalin's point of view. So um, mm. this might be the first time we get inside her head. And all its fishy gloriness. <laughs> Fish guts. Um, so, yeah. You know, sometimes um, you enter the tower and you just get fish. Yeah, we, we, I think I think it's the White Tower podcast actually made a joke saying they should make a drinking game every time that Swan says a fish reference, you have to drink, but you'd be dead. Like, after. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the guy perspective, in, in my mind's eye, she is a very attractive Aes Sedai. I know they're all kind of supposed to be somewhat pretty in some way, but being the Amberlynn, like in my mind, just wow, super hot. So if, she, yeah, if she, she wants to talk fish, fuck it, bro. Talk fish to me. That's the sexiest fish talk I've ever heard. <laughs> you, you've seen who's, who's, been cast, who's been cast for, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I do believe they did her justice for sure. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So. Anyways. Super. Yeah. Very, very good, like, attractive lady. Um, and, and, a, uh, and an Oscar nominated, or at least a Tony Tony nominated. Uh, I think she has got Tony. So one of those big awards. She's a, she's a very good actress. Um, but anyway, she got her start actually in uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Ooh. Oh, that's right. She was the, she was the princess in the African tribe. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those tidbits like when people are like, yeah, you remember when J-Lo was a fly dancer on In Living Color? And they're like, what? No way. I'm like, yeah, that was the yeah. beginning. <laughs> that was the beginning. <laughs> yep. So at this particular actress, uh, her beginning was the, the was the princess of the Jim Carrey movie about talking to animals with your butt. That's funny. Wait, um, look, and Living Color had Jim Carrey too. Maybe that's why my mind yeah, yeah. here. It's good, a good, it's a fucking spider web between my earlobes. It's it's rough. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so let's jump right in here. So we start with uh with Swan and she's pacing around her room. Um, and she has all these documents ready to go. Um, and if anybody else touches them, they'll explode. And which is pretty interesting. So we'll start there. <laughs> well, this one's tough. And I won't give a spoiler, but the most spoilery I could ever possibly be in any of our podcasts, if you're listening and reading along at the same time, just know we learn more about this very soon. And (laughs) I don't know how to talk about it other than that. Um, But this is one of the things that happen when you have a huge technical difficulty and have to re-record. So um, I was kind of scratching my head a bit. I don't Chris, do you recall much how we talked about this when we first recorded? I don't want to about don't the box spoil, itself. Yeah, I probably I think you guys wanted to know what, what, uh, what was in there. Yeah, like, I think yeah. it really <laughs> literally was all curiosity. It's like what could be so important that she has tucked it away in this box and put words on it that would essentially cause it to burst into flames. What would happen to the individual that opened it? How would she know? And is it something that's only going to be opened upon her death, or is it something that's going to be available throughout so there's just a whole lot of questions that we drew that we had no conclusion to until this past tuesday (laughs) i think i think think the biggest question was what's in the box box?" (laughs) no no chris no you sparked it i i think the rabbit hole we went down was is this something that she's trying to use now or is this more like a will something to happen after like should something happen to her yeah Um, it's like a fail safe in case of a doomsday happening right 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 yeah. Um, so also we get now we get a description of the Armland's room. Um, have you watched The Office? I'm sorry, random tangent. I'm gonna break in. First of all, that question, that question is insulting. Yes, I've watched <laughs> The Office, and I know Alan has. I won't even ask him that question. <laughs> yes. Well, like there's the episode with the Doomsday device. Yeah. Where? Yes. <laughs> where it was like um, if you make five mistakes, all of your emails. <laughs> about the boss will go out to him. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. Oh. Uh, now we get, a, we get a description of the Armland's room, um, which is uh, fancy, like a palace, but uh, definitely uh, shows um, her roots. Um, and we learned that she was born extremely poor as a son of a fisherman in a, a city called Tyr. Um, and, you know, had, you know, it's one of the stories of, you know, rags to riches. Where you know she's been raised to the highest office in the entire world, um, but started from very, very, very meager beginnings. It says the room <laughs> was ornate, for it had belonged to generations of women who had worn the stole. Dot dot dot. All that grand du jour was in <laughs> dark contrast to the furnishings. 
Suwon Song Chai had brought to the room. <laughs> and there you go. Jordan yeah. with his constant yin and yang. And well, mm-hmm. so I was almost joking saying that, but uh how significant is it that her life and the position she holds kind of represents this whole uh duality that we just keep seeing throughout this series. You know, there's the male, female, there's the dark, there's the light, there's the poor, there's the rich, the yin, the yang. Like, yeah. yeah. Pretty well balanced Amberlin, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And um Leanna, um her keeper of the Chronicles, uh, which is kinda like the vice president, our top assistant or whatever, comes in um and tells her that Varen's here. And, you know, do you want to keep her waiting? And Armland's like, no, bring her in. Kind of shocks Leanna because normally that's, that's mm-hmm. you know, normally that normally makes you wait, but it's Varen. So the Armland's very, very um, eager to talk to Varen and get a report. Hey, Chris, looking at it now, like, I know we know what Varen knows, but as far as the surprise from the number two, don't you think the surprise also has to do with her eagerness to talk to a brown? Because, like, at what point does a brown come to town and the Amberlin go, oh, the book nerd, yeah, yeah, bring her in. I want to <laughs> know, know what leaf she documented. Like, right now, immediately. And um, I guess this is the bonus from uh, for us doing this after the fact, because th- that thought didn't cross my mind the last time we talked about it. But mm-hmm. that's got to make it that much more weird. Yeah, that fact would never cross my mind because I haven't memorized the Aes Sedai the way you have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever they described ladies, I just kind of... Well, yeah, so the, both, the, both the Keeper and Swan are the same Aja as Moraine, which is the blue Aja. Um, which is, yeah. Um, which we, I, like we said, we haven't, I don't think we've talked about the different Ajas yet, but... A little bit. Um, the blue uh, is actually we know the seven most of mysterious them. The greens I get, the reds I get, the browns I get. Um, yeah. But there's quite a few others that I know they exist, but I don't exactly know what makes them different. So the blues, Aja's, their their thing is causes. Oh, um, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Not much of a spoiler. So <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not much of a spoiler at all. But it's uh, yeah, the the it's causes. Um, reds are like the the, the reds are the largest Aja. And like one fifth of the tower are reds, oh, really? um, and their their really goal is to hunt down men who can channel, um, like anybody's dangerously using, and mostly just male channelers. That's their job is just to hunt down, like basically the, the police force, to hunt down male channelers because they'll go insane and kill people. So they hunt down men. Um, the green Aja, which have all like the warders, are, is actually called the battle Aja, and that's why they have all the the warders, the soldiers. Because they're they're supposed to kind of be like generals in battle and have tons and tons of men that fight with them, so they're the battle aja. Yeah, uh, they, they, go to, they go to wink, wink, nudge, nudge, battle. Yeah, Every grays night. are diplomacy. Is grays browns are knowledge, yellows are healing, blue is causes for of righteousness or justice, white and white is the smallest, and that's logic and philosophy. So they all have their different focuses, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, but a blue is definitely all about, you know, causes and stuff like that. Um, like injustice. 
they're kind of like you're judging. Whereas, yeah, brown ashes, they're the knowledge. They're the geeks. <laughs> nice. So, Ooh, that's yeah. good intel. Yeah. So, so anyway, so yeah, it would be really strange for a blue. Um, even though Armin's supposed to represent all the ashes, it's still odd to be excited to talk to a brown. Because <laughs> brown's boring for for someone like a blue. But so um, Lena gets dismissed, which is also a little strange as well. And Varen immediately goes into talking about what's happened. So Varen's proclaimed himself. Swan already knew. Um, but what's more, more interesting about that is as soon as he proclaimed himself, the other two dragons um, immediately were captured. Like in the exact same moment. The pattern is tightening. Yeah. Suck and Varen even, says, yeah, Varen even says the pattern has no room for false dragons. Man, I, that was what I got. I was just like, you know what? At the end of the day, they had to go for everything to work out the way they did. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and and so if if the dragon is going to be the dragon, then the dragon needs to have like everybody that thinks that way or would support that behind them, right? So there's no room for outliers. There's no room for, well, but maybe it's so-and-so. There's none of that. The pattern just, mm-hmm. shoop, shoop. This is the one. Rand had yeah. liquid luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, he says, well, you know, Rand has to be kept, you know, why didn't you stay with Rand? Or, I think he asked about the horn. You know, oh, that's when they bring the horn out. And that's why she says, why is separated from Rand? It's, well, he didn't blow it. Matt's the sounder and he's downstairs dying. Hmm. Um, and since Matt's sound the horn, that means he's linked to the horn. So until he dies, only he can blow the horn. Um, it's useless to anybody else until he dies, which my question to you was about that. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> this is one thing. God, I hope I do it justice. I know we talked about this in the first recording. Um I I have suspicions here for sure um, that these ladies or they're going to take advantage of the knowledge of what they know about the horn and the state that Matt's in, right? They have been desperate, this small group, and you almost can't even count Baron in this at this point, but the Ermelin, Moraine, anybody else in that small circle that might even be at this point, they've been trying to push their agenda and be in control this whole time, right? And we've already seen with how things are unfolding and Moraine being like, oh, that's not exactly what I read about, but here we go, right? Like they're losing control. But now here's an opportunity for them to yet again take control of a significant piece of the unfolding of this just crazy storyline, right? I could see them intentionally keeping Matt in the state that he's in until they're ready to unleash what the horn provides this world and the dragon, right? If if mm. if if Matt dies, then whoever blows the horn again is now in control. If Matt is right. awake, he's in control, and now he could do what he wants. I guess in in tune with what the dragon is doing, also because they follow the dragon. But if they can mm. keep him in this state. They have power. They have control over what goes on. And let's be honest, 
There's many things about some of these ladies that fire me up, but they all like control. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Sure. They're going to put that bad boy <laughs> in carbonite and just sit on him. Hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts for you, Chris? You know, I got lost in listening to you. I was like, well, yeah, that, yeah. that all makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the next thing that uh, Varen brings up is the Sean Chan. Um, but Sawan pretty much dismisses that as that not important. Like, and Varen keeps trying to tell her, like, I think it is important. And the Swan's like, did they leave? They left, mm-hmm. right? So that's not important. They're gone. I feel they like they gone. I feel yeah. like that's a mistake. I don't know why, but I. And this is not me knowing, trying to spoil without spoiling. I, I, I still don't know. But I think that's a mistake. Yeah. I do too. Like, we, though they have left, we don't know how they actually came. Like, we speculated the multiverse. So, that if that was the case, it means they can come back at any point in time. We don't know how many of them there actually are. We don't know what other resources they have available to them. We don't know what game plan they have. Like, the fact that they left could just mean that they're going for reinforcements and more supplies, and then they're coming back. I mean, yeah. just through, like, general knowledge and personal experience, I think we know how they came. It was either from the North Harbor or deep within the tower itself. I mean, <laughs> I haven't... Um, if, if there's a third option, I don't, I'm open for su- suggestions. Someone could hit me in the DMs, but, uh, you know. Yeah. That's what I know of. From deep, deep within the tower. Yeah. Like deep, deep, yeah. <laughs> isn't that? Isn't uh, anyway? So um, after this, the conversation does turn to about the girls, and Swan wants to know everything, a full report on everything they did from their time for Falma to the tower, and we end the chapter with that. Does we really? Yeah. Yeah. These 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 two were. There were some good They're tidbits really in there, but they were pretty quick. Yeah, they were short, short, short chapter. I want to say good tidbits. They raised a lot of questions. And so, that's a yeah. good way to actually like get from point A to point B, though. The tidbit will definitely get you to come and go <laughs> where you want to be. <laughs> just, 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 just for a little bit, just to see how it feels. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the tidbits up top could we're definitely make things flow down bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, favorite character from this? Ah. Uh, I can't remember what you guys said. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Until something really significant would have to happen and change my mind, as long as we even briefly mention Nynaeve, she's gonna, yeah. she's gonna stay my favorite character. And, yeah. and it, it's, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. It's not just what she's done, but the potential of what she can do. Um, I mean, I, I guess even in even in what we covered in the last recording that didn't get lost, and now like a uh, uh, Gwen's pretty awesome too. And, yeah. and you have to have uh, we don't have to, but I have some some sympathy, some empathy for what we talked about with her PTSD and the not wanting to be captured again and why she lashed out and all that jazz. And I've got love for that. I do. But Nynaeve, though, mm, she is a bad, bad girl in such a good, good way. Like, the more I read about her, 
I, I remember. I even think of. I think back to like uh, when we originally met the wisdom, and she pissed me off. I, I know that, <laughs> but now, hmm. yeah, I'd slide into yep. a DMs. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, I would do next our favorite character for you, Chris. Do you have one? No, let's go with the ambulance seat herself. Why not? Okay. Her thoughts with her, you know, old school, you know, from the mm-hmm. ghetto mentality definitely appeals yeah. to me. So. Sure. Moving on up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be, be funny if Jordan was like, if Jordan wrote in there and before they approached the ambulance chambers, they noticed the, the numerals 227. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know what it meant. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. I'd get it. Um, I'd love it. I went to next chapters, but we've already done this chapters. Yeah. Um, so um, I'll tell you the punishments to bite the thorns and the gray man. But yeah. Ah, um, there, Alan, there is no time. Why do we ever do the future chapters? There's no past, present, future. We're just... Someone, yeah, I don't know why we do them either, actually, now. Someone asked me, said that'd be cool to do them, but now that I do them, I'm like, oh, I don't know. If I, uh, sometimes sometimes they're interesting. You guys have some interesting thoughts, but like most of the time, it's like, yeah. It's a preview. Uh, next time. Maybe next time. Don't, on the don't, yeah, don't do it every time, but if it's like a teaser, when you know there's going to be something that we're going to be all about, but there's no yeah. way we know from just the chapter title, be like, hey, guys. Look at chapter 47. What do you think of that? And when we're okay. like, I don't know, you and everybody in the chat can go, <laughs> they have no idea. <laughs> See, I, I think also this one, because I, I love the gray man, which we talked about. Yeah. But um, it's it's a fun chapter. I think, um, I think you might have liked gray man a little bit more than us. I appreciated yeah. it. But it, yeah. It's not. It's not well, even we were my top five. Completely off on that gray man one, by the way. Yeah, you guys originally predicted that it was like Tom. Yeah, we try to bring yeah. in. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah miss our boy. What, <laughs> what, whatever it is, we didn't. We didn't know from reader perspective at the time. We had no clue. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I still have to do my sign off and and uh, uh, for all this stuff. So, how we can be found? Oh, I don't know. I have to uh, correct Gmail. you. You know, two two seven is not for the oh. Jeffrey. Oh, oh man! Seven was his own TV show. Yep, yep. I'm I'm mixing them up. You're right. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Well, d- well done. You did know well, two right. black TV shows though from the eighties you know, and nineties there. But now <laughs> I feel like that. Like, let's let's be honest. We all know that white guy that everybody knows is so freaking racist. But every time you try to bring it up to him, he goes. Yeah, but I got my one black friend over here. You know, now I'm kind of <laughs> once you mix it, I've mixed up classics, right? Like legit classics. <laughs> I, I appreciate you trying to throw me a bone, but I I kind of feel bad about it, and I should. Yeah. So yeah. shame on me. Shun, shun, shun. Oh man. We'll spank you. Spoiler alert. We'll spank you. Spanking for everyone. (laughs) All right. How 
However you can be found uh, at the Will Reads. At Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those great places. We'll read at gmail.com is our email address. The willreads.com is our website. Um, Patreon slash the Will Reads is our Patreon. Come support us. Discord. It's fun. Hang out. We had a ton of people just join our Discord. Like, when I say a ton, I mean, like, a ton. Like, in all first-time readers. So, super cool place to hang out. Um, and, yeah, Patreon merch store. Go check out our merch. Go to our website. Links are there. Um, we're, we, we might be adding some more merch sometime in the new year. But right now, there's plenty of stuff to buy there. Um, lots of cool stuff. And, yeah, just like us. Subscribe. Review us. All that good stuff. Um, and keep listening to us. Uh, we enjoy it. So, uh, anything else from you guys? Until last time. Peace. Again. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time.